Ooh. Wow, it's really misty around here. A lot of clocks floating around. Very cinematic. Oh, I guess I'm in the mists of time. Ooh, look, there's Diogenes. What up, dog? Hey, there's Dagobear. <laughs> nice eye patch. What is it, Pirate Day? Oh, hey, Kingy. <laughs> Which one is that? Oh, there's William Henry Harrison. <coughs> oh, I should probably get that looked at. There's William McKinley, getting eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> Guess I shouldn't have stepped on that butterfly back there. Hey, what's that? Two kids pitching rocks at that synagogue. Oh, it's Lindbergh and Ford. Oh, I'd better get off here. Hey, hey, scram, you two. Gah. Oh, well, now, here I am. And, well, here we all are in 1927. Yes, for better or worse, for the next 18 carnecks extracted from the time vortex, the 1947 project takes you on an action-packed, kerosene-fueled rocket ride through the terrors of 27 and the odd to-do of today. I'm Reich's Minister of Propaganda Marsac, and if I may be so bold, allow me to introduce you to our redoubtable Fuhrer of Fun, Kim Cooper. Hi, Nathan. I'm so happy you made it here tonight because, as you know, with those swirling mists of time, a lot of people got lost on their way. <laughs> they did indeed. Couldn't you tell from the ooh? I, I can tell from the ooh. I know. It's, it's driving me nuts. Yeah, where's our, where's our our crime boat uh, this evening? Crime boat was in a terrible motor vehicle accident. He, I told him to keep that damn clown car off of the 405, but would he listen? He would not, and now 18 clowns are... Mm. Terribly, terribly harsh. Oh. It's funny. Let's have a moment of silence. Okay, moment's over. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be back next week. You know, one thing you can't keep down is a clown. <laughs> I've tried. I know, I've tried. <laughs> tried. I, but I've eaten Jones. six in the last. Well, anyway, that's not Jones here. Jones here. I Jones here. here. And and Ms. Mary is uh, is not here either. But at least I've got vacationing at the shore. That's right. I've got Ooh. and and I've been through six bars of the Fells Naphtha. <laughs> <laughs> it's a referencing another. Hi, Joan. Hello. <laughs> so here we are, just just we three, and it's obviously we're a little cranky. Um, mm. It is the heat, heat of summer is upon us. Things have been Better shall we call say? Out a yeah, mm. think things have been a little difficult around the old homestead but we're, we're doing the best we can and you know we're here to entertain so that's what we're going to do just share a few stories from ye old July of 1927 which has been a, a pretty entertaining July yes, yes, it, it has it has um why don't we start with a hammer murder you know you really can't go wrong you really can't you know um Jacob Goldstein uh president of Rothschild Mortgage and Finance Ended a fine Episcopalian. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he ended his partnership with the uh, vice president of the company with a couple of hammer blows to the head, and then he pumped a few rounds into his body. Now, the best part of the story was that Goldstein was trying to sell it to the cops as self-defense. Uh, he, he said he had wrenched the hammer away from his, <laughs> from his partner who was menacing him with it and took it and gave him a good one across the head. Guess he was in a fear for his life because then he whacked him again. I guess that brought him down. And then what are you to do but just pump a few rounds into the guy to make sure he stays down. If you're going to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. Defend yourself. You have to do it right. 
This but, happens every time I try to hang pictures. People well, that, always get so upset with where you put them, and especially yeah. in the office. Well, they really do. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, whose fault is it when you have to turn on them with a hammer? Whose? Theirs, of course. Well, what, were, what was the result of this case? Well, the result of the case was that um, the cops didn't buy Goldstein's story about self-defense. <sighs> and he, <laughs> he was charged initially with uh, first-degree murder, but it was later dropped down to a manslaughter charge. And there are some shady politics in there, but we won't go into that this time. But <laughs> we won't. No, there's just no reason, really. There's always shady there's, politics. There's no shade in July. No, 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 no. There's absolutely none <laughs> at all. In fact, I, I, I feel weak. Um, no, so he, he did plead guilty to the lesser charge of manslaughter, and he got a sentence of from one to ten years in the state pen. But he was finally was released in February of 1933 on the condition that he go and live with friends in New York. That he was actually <laughs> kicked out of California. And that's not easy to do. Banished. So, banished. He was exiled. He was put yeah. into exile. He had to go to Forest Hills, New York to live. And California just wanted to see his back, and that was it. So off he went in 1933 after serving his time. This is what happens when you wrench a hammer. <laughs> yes. 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 And, and, and from Nathan, and the, some automotive hijinks, I believe. Yeah. That's right. This is the one of the, the wackiest stories whatever was. Um, I suppose when when you're a uniped and you only have one leg, who who truly can love you but another uniped? There was a man named James Clark, and uh, he had but one leg, and so he he met a lady who uh, who who truly too had but one leg, and so they. When uh, you say but, do you mean they only had <laughs> one, half of a butt? That is well. true. Part I didn't mention in the story. Uh, each had. But one cheek, and so, so together, together they, they made a very, very fine derriere. Um, in any event, they took each cheek and <laughs> planted it in the seat. Dancing of, cheek to cheek. <laughs> that, that, that very good. Or turn the other. <laughs> yes. So they got real. They thought they got real cheeky, and they sat down in their automobile, and they 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 hopped in their uh, their Stutz Bearcat, right, and they uh, motored on down the road. Um, of course, um, all, uh, all juiced up on that bathtub, uh, roadhouse gym. <laughs> they were cruising down, uh, Mission Boulevard in beautiful Riverside, um, figuring, well, one of us will work the gas and the other one will work the, uh, the braking clutch. Um, which is just a genius idea, except for the fact that they were snockered to, to high liquor heaven. And, uh, and then slammed into a, uh, another car driven by one, uh, Fred Stutzman of, uh, of uh, West Riverside. Uh, Unlucky soul. The, 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 mm. the Clark uh, duo were uh, Texans. Lone, Lone Star couple. Texans, there, uh, yeah. Yeah, who yeah. probably lost uh, each of their respective legs in some sort of terrible, you know, oil threshing accident. Uh, whatever those Texans do out there. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, and as such, they, uh, they got hauled into, uh, into the Hooskow and uh, by Deputy Sheriff Scott there, uh, who is... I'm pretty sure had never seen anything of exactly that uh, that 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 nuttiness. That's just before. part of being a cop, though. You know, you never know what's going to hop in, and you just <laughs> you just deal with it. He comes hopping along. So, uh, yeah. so that that's the story. That was July seventh, nineteen twenty-seven. Well, I hope at least they wore the same size shoe. You know, they did. Did they? It makes life easier. Because mm -hmm. they only had to buy one pair. Right. Exactly. And you know. Every other pair she got to pick, and you know he didn't Although like what, the girl's shoes. Wait a minute, wait a minute. But what, what, what's not mentioned in the story? What if each of them was missing, say, their right leg? 
then they would have to buy two pairs of shoes. Back to medieval days, when <laughs> there were no left and right shoes. You know, I was, uh, you know, it's interesting, I was actually engaged once uh, to a woman uh, who had a wooden leg, but we, uh, we had a fight and I had to break it off. <laughs> I haven't used that joke in 20 years. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of unipeds, perhaps we should talk about tall wooden poles. Oh, oh wait a minute now. Oh, no, I've been talking about myself all day. Why don't we talk about something else? I can't believe we had to wait until July 19th to get to a flagpole sitting story. Because I know. It's, really? Uh, flagpole it's those, sitting. It's those it was roaring, a huge, roaring yeah, I thought that It was, was a, a five-year fad. And what roars greater than a tall wooden pole? Well... Uh, there, there was a lot of flagpole sitting going on during July of 1927 all over this great country. Um, but we, we did very well here in Los Angeles with uh, the gentleman, the phantom of the flagpole, wearing a nice little domino. <laughs> he was up atop yes. the Rose Room Ballroom at 8th and Spring, um, hired to sit there by the Rose Room manager, Joseph Lederer, who promised this gentleman $2,500 cash money, which was, was nothing to sneeze at in 27, if he would simply beat the record. But the interesting thing is that that record was very nebulous. Um, it had been set actually the very day that the Phantom headed up that pole by V.H. Crouch of New Bedford, Massachusetts, 17 days, two hours on a flagpole. Mm. And it's, it's a flagpole, not with a flag on it, but with a rather small platform. That's, and, that's uh, cheating, isn't it? This is what flagpole sitting was. It had been, yeah, it had been right. corrected to a fine art by 1927. I acquiesce. And buckets were raised and lowered. I was going to ask. Yeah. Mm. Um, he was... The Phantom was reading a lot of adventure magazines, fiction. He, he liked to sit up there and read. Mm -hmm. He was up there... Um, Went up on the 19th of July. It wasn't until July 26th that he asked for a cork helmet to keep the sun off his head. Cork. Cork. So, mm -hmm. a whole week up there before he asked for a hat. This guy was tough. Yeah. Uh, he was eating, he was drinking, he was smoking 100 cigarettes a day, and I assume just throwing them out into the crowd. Um, he was also drinking black coffee all night, except for the three hours during which he lashed himself to the pole and slept. Mm -hmm. Try <laughs> to sleep. Oh, to have been there. But <laughs> oh, to have done that. Yes. Uh, he he came down on August fifth, and uh, he was revealed as Captain Robert Hull, and he got his twenty five hundred bucks. I'm very happy he was. He actually stayed a little longer than necessary to break the record. Of course, the record was broken again shortly. Um, but the sad thing is, of course, Holden Joe Powers at the Morrison Hotel in Chicago who came down on July 15th, four days before the Phantom rose up, apparently unaware of V.H. Crouch in New Bedford, Massachusetts, because he was up there 16 days, two hours. Crouch was 17 days, two hours. Mm -hmm. And if he had just stayed. Oh. But the newspaper stories about Holden Joe Powers said that when he came down, he was terribly sunburned, his face was black, oh. Oh. and he was oh. missing six teeth. <laughs> you mean he went he, when he went up? He had those. Teeth. He had those teeth. What happened? To well, him? unclear. <laughs> I know I don't know if he developed scurvy, if his teeth oh. were chattering in those windy Chicago oh nights, but God. perhaps he was simply incapable of staying up any longer. But six, 16 days, two hours, and who remembers Holden Joe Powers? <laughs> I think there's a folk song in this. Yeah, Ooh, there has to be. Yeah. Yeah. The, the who remembers the tale about how he was uh, you know accidentally uh, accidentally lynched? 
Uh, after his face got turned black. <laughs> he was run out of town by the clan and they had to issue an apology to him. No, it was yeah, so flagpole sitting, very much a, 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 a symptom of the times. Yes. People, too much time on their hands, like to crane their necks. It's been cured. Yeah. No, actually, Nathan, um, I'm so glad oh. you brought this up. We actually oh, wow. have a pole in the yard. I've prepared a lovely little platform. <laughs> We've got a bucket up there. We've for got you. We'll be all in those buckets. Um, I've also got some 1927 magazines for you. Excellent. You know, I have the terrible feeling that any flagpole sitter today, it would be all high tech, and there would be the Gibba and the Gabba and the Booba and the Booba with you know, it's like the guy went on the bridge and he was in the bubble. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the goofball in the bubble. And yeah, throw yeah, crap yeah, at him. Yeah. I mean, I like the throwing crap at him part, yeah. but uh, I'm up for that. Yeah, but I would go up there. I want to be. I want to be burned black, and I want a cork helmet, and I want to be covered in like pigeon droppings at, by the and end. Teeth? Of it. Who needs no, teeth? Yeah, I think exactly. we, need to, we need to count your teeth before and after. Yeah, just to be sure. Maybe I'll have some extras installed. Yeah. Well, you never know. Black. See, that's the thing. But see, people think that you know, the cult of wanting everybody to look at you is such a early 21st century thing but you know attention grabbing is just the american way and and, and so we celebrate holden joe powers and the phantom of the flagpole and and vh crouch whoever the heck that was and what sex they were we do not know but mm. let's hear it for the flagpole setters right. Yay! Yay! you know we have a flagpole company advertising with us these days <laughs> Um, actually, well, I just signed that contract uh, with the flagpole <laughs> company uh, yesterday. They won't be advertising uh, until the next uh, oh, podcast. Perfect. We'll look forward to that one. But we do have a new uh, new advertiser this week. Yeah, I was pretty sure that the Ku Klux Klan yeah. wouldn't be back. <laughs> Ku Klux Klan did not come back, and now we've got like 600 cans that are like, they're, they're kind of turning. They're it's getting, it's, it's <laughs> a little gamey in the, uh, in the kitchen. That's okay. We'll set them up the flagpole. <laughs> I think we should have done a bucket. Sorry. Oh, I know. We can stick the clans in the new. Uh, well, we've got a, a new advertiser. Well, we, let's hear it. Shall I, oh, shall I uh, yes. put the tape on the reel and uh, hear what this one is? Wind her up. All right, let's wind her up. <laughs> this message goes out to the grand architect of the home, and ladies, you know who you are. Canning season is upon us, and it's time to stock up on mason jars. The confederation of your local lodges is reminding you to keep ever faithful to the worshipful master of the Grand Lodge and the oaths of the craft, and mindful of your intimate and tender relationship to your degrees confirmed in the OES, in and to which you have pledged subordinate adoptive mistress status into whose secrets you keep inviolably in your possession now and forevermore. Remember what we said about having your bowels burned to ashes. So ladies, with winter on its way, make sure your jams, jellies, and preserves rise again like Hiram Abiff. Stock up on mason jars today! Excellent. So what do you think? That sounds like a good uh, I think they'll be back next time. I think they will be back. Maybe we could can those clams. I say we can't can the clams. Can't can can the clams. You know, also I should mention... Send them some of those third world developing countries. Send everything. Like... Yeah. Belize. The Ottoman Empire. In the 1947 project Cafe Press Shop in the future, the elves have been hard at work. We have some new swag. Yeah, tell yeah, us yeah, yeah. Well, I, I saw that nice bumper sticker on the back of your Hutmobile. Oh, yes. Well, I'd, I'd rather push a Hutmobile than drive a Pope Hartford. Yeah. My <laughs> other car is a murder van. Hey, that's funny. That's kind of jazzy. Uh, looks all bloodstained. We've got the Elizabeth Short bibs for the children. Well, that's but just in is. bad taste. Nice. I'll take two. <laughs> um, and we have maternity shirts featuring a photograph of you, Nathan. <laughs> 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 you want to speak to that, Nathan? Oh, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I guess not. We also have yeah. jump. What would that be? Jean Macuse. Yeah, and we have little skinny thong underpants with a picture of you on them too. I believe that's called the Betsy. So. Hello, ladies. Yeah. Yes, you know who you are. And then we have those wonderful throw pillows with the image of the suffocation device on them. Yes. So you'll you'll want to those visit come the Forty Seven Project. Yes. Today. Hello, ladies. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cafepress.com/slash/1947project. What else have we? Um, I think we have to go into the calendar now. Let's go into the calendar. Oh, Russell, golly, Russell, yes. Russell. Here's the calendar now. Oh. Well, what's going on in 1927? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's find out. Let's talk about her unborn child. Hey, that's playing at the Majestic. Why, that's at Broadway and Ninth. Seats have been filling up at the Majestic for performances of her unborn child. The startling problem play of youth, love, and sex. <gasps> now, the reviews... I know, the reviews have been... Se- se- by sex, I mean gender, of course. Of course. Now, the reviews have been vague, describing the play by turns as being about a, a boy and a girl, innocent of life and blind to the tragic consequences of youthful folly and the working out of their problem. Or as the story <laughs> of a girl and the, quote, young sophisticate who loves her not wisely but too well. <laughs> and just between you and me, I think someone's daddy might need to dust off his shotgun. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Remember, buy your maternity shirts with me on them. At- <laughs> oh, anyway, Joan, tell us more about it. what's uh, up at the uh, at the talkie picture show. Ah, uh, yes. Well, our gang at the Orpheum on <gasps> Broadway. Yes, I've heard about that Los Angeles gang problem. Well, this is another gang. Well, with the closing of Topsy and Eva, and I know you're lamenting that closing, where will Angelinos go for their fix of Uncle Tom's Cabin travesty? Well, I I hear you asking why the special engagement of Hal Roach's R Gang at the Orpheum this week only. (gasps) I hear they've been menacing that Culver City. (laughs) I I won't go in there for fear of gang violence. No, 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 no. These are dear little scamps. Joe Cobb, Farina... His sister, Aroma. <laughs> I, yes, there's something wafting through. I, I'm glad Crimebo isn't here yeah, to uh, so, comment uh, Me too. Be very glad. Jean Darling, Jackie mm. Condon, Condon, and all their canine pals. <laughs> Melt your cold, dead hearts with their freewheeling <laughs> adaptation of the Harriet Beecher Stowe classic, Darling. Absolutely, darling. Darling. I will. I will. Of course you will. This week only. If you have well, access to a time machine. And don't you? Then I'm hopping in my Hupmobile right now. <laughs> yes. However, if you Heading live, out. live in the future, you'll want to go to um, Clute Municipal Park in Clute, Texas, uh, Thursday the 26th through Saturday the 28th of July. It's the annual Great Texas Mosquito Festival. They figure they got them, they might as well celebrate them. Um, so they're, they're very, very proud of the mosquitoes, and I think they actually serve fried mosquitoes, which taste well, a lot like potato chips. <laughs> um, more to my taste is, um, August 1st in Ocean City, New Jersey, the Miss Crustacean Hermit Crab Beauty Contest. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still wondering about that one. It's really a costume contest. Okay. Um, you know, one hermit crab is really much the same <laughs> as another, uh, except to another hermit crab, but they... They compete in this thing called the Cucumber Rind Cup, 
and uh, they've had a beautiful past entries, including a Cleopatra crab, a crabzilla. It's an opportunity crabzilla. for people to bust out their miniaturization <coughs> rays and, and come up with some really cute little costumes for hermit crabs. So go to OceanCityVacation.com for more details on Is that. Is there miniature golf involved? Oh, I They do so. actually sometimes play miniature golf. The crabs? The crabs. Excellent. And it's not that kind of crab. Oh. Right. I see. Ladies. Um, we, have, we have a few esoteric <laughs> tours in August. Um, Roman's Books is doing a Raymond Chandler tour, Departing from Pasadena. That's August 4th. I see. And uh, August 15th through 19th is Buke Day, the Charles Bukowski Festival in downtown Los Angeles, including a couple of bus tours, um, mm. pub crawl, a book mm. club meeting, Nobody Reads in L.A., book club meeting, uh, art gallery, all kinds of celebrations of the inebriation and publication of Charles Bukowski, the the great hard beaten down at his heels, downtown LA, scribe, Echo Park, Silver Lake, what have you, who, um, ugly as he was, really got the ladies, and I guess we'll see why. Bukedick.com. And, um, Joan, I, I, I believe there's something interesting happening down at the Queen Mary? Yeah, it's not too early to start thinking about getting yourself a cabin for the Queen Mary Art Deco Festival over Labor Day weekend, August 31st through September 3rd. And you can just immerse yourself in everything Art Deco. It's great fun. I was there last year as an invited lecturer. Uh, oh. Yes, oh, I know, please. She, wow. She's kind of a big shot. Yeah, yeah. Smile when you say that. <laughs> and, uh, yes, uh, in my other guise as cosmetics historian, mm-hmm. I, yes, I, I thrilled the crowd with photos and explanations of various design elements of commercial face powder boxes. You find yourselves wow. riveted, don't you? I, of course. I, I do. So I imagine you travel with rather a large trunk. <laughs> That's not for the face powder boxes. <laughs> I have something else in the trunk, but we'll talk about that another time. Now we will just say that it's a, a, a fun event. The Art Deco Society people are a lot of fun, especially if you like to play dress up. Please and get who out doesn't? and oh, absolutely. So get out those deco duds and join the fun on the Queen Mary Labor Day weekend and the uh-huh. poker parties. Whoa! You can play for girls' fancy underpants. You'll be there. Uh, yes. <laughs> in a thong. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, the, the girls will win my underpants. Yeah. Uh, anyway. You know After who last you are. year, yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed back, but uh, anyway. Oh dear. Another place from which you're banned. <laughs> so uh, we, we have no Spanish moment. Spanish We have no moment of. Crimebo this week no, because no, Crimebo's no, not here. So. I'm absolutely devastated, actually. I adore Crimebo. It's, it's a clown-free zone, kids. But, you know, <sighs> he'll be back in a couple of weeks. We should probably, um, though, insert our, our final advertisement of the evening. I know that our advertisers won't be happy at this short show, but yet again, perhaps our listeners will be. I hear them cheering. <laughs> <laughs> What's that noise? It's water Ooh. boiling in the other room. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do like... I, I'm Crimebo. Here's a moment with Crimebo. I'm Crimebo too. You know what? I really hate everything. <laughs> Don't you hate when you're smoking crack? Burning a whore? Anyway. He, he, he'll be that's, back. All right. We miss you, Crimebo. We too. miss you and love you, Crimebo. I miss you. Well, let's, uh, let's pay some bills here, burn through a couple of more ads, and then we'll, uh, we'll say our goodbyes. And... So let's uh, get our tape spool all spooled mm. up here. <laughs> 
and uh, and then we'll say goodnight for the uh, for the night. So, if you have a couple more bills, please uh, sit through these, and, uh, and we'll see you next time. Greetings, everyone. This is Thomas Coleman Dupont, and I'm Cornelius Vanderbilt III. We're bloated plutocrats. On behalf of the League of Bloated Plutocrats, we'd like to thank everyone out there for your hard work in keeping the corporate oligarchy strong. Yes, we'd like to thank the women and orphans selflessly toiling in our factories and foundries for the greater good of our smoke and mirror democracy. And for your slavish dedication to bread and circuses. And especially for your A1 contribution to our shadowy cabal of industrial and financial interests. We're so thankful that the League of Bloated Plutocrats is personally donating a shiny penny for every limb lost for the rest of 1927. That's a lot of pennies, Tom. <laughs> I think we can afford it, Corny. Thanks again to everyone, and here's to a prosperous 1928. Where do you find those advertisers? Well, we've, they approach us. But wait, <laughs> we've got one more ad. I'm shocked. They, they just approached us today, and I decided to take them on because I thought it was very, very important that we have a, a moral compass here at the 1947 Project, and... and uh, Heck yeah. And, oh, absolutely. Um, I thought it was very important because um, when this Mrs. Weatherby approached me, this, this wonderful uh, old uh, dowager-looking lady, not a, not a hair out of place, I realized that, that we needed to... to uh, not only for the, the delectation of our listeners, but for their, their edification to take on uh, advertisers uh, for whom we can bring our our way of thinking to our audience and, and for the greater good. Excuse me. Did this Mrs. Weatherby pay for her ad? <laughs> sort of. Oh God! We'll talk about this later. Let's just let's just play the ad. Play the ad. Yeah, set your moral compasses to due north. Is your daughter a wayward girl? Don't deny that our reprobate culture of moral turpitude has destroyed her soul. She all bobbed hair and kicked of heel like that Clara Bow. Does your girl fancy herself full of it? It. Well, we of the Weatherby Accredited Academy for the Character Training of Wayward Girls will kick the it right out of her. Languages, music, writing, consulting dietitian, no, we have none of that falderall. Just, just the firm discipline of constructive moral training meted out by those who learn justice at Ypres and Verdun. Too severe, you say? Your little angel is applying rouge. Her kiss-proof lipstick lips smell of cigarettes, or worse, the demon drink. Your daughter is a whore. A whore! Remember, the Weatherby Accredited Academy for the Character Training of Wayward Girls, Wilcox at Melrose, phone Gladstone 4128 to keep your girl from whoredom's door. Call us today before she flaps again. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, all right then. With oh. that, I, I believe we'll be returning to yeah. the world of the future. Yeah, Mrs. Weatherby was hot. <laughs> yeah. Did she give you a hand job? <laughs> Whoa. I don't come and tell. Kiss and tell. I'm yeah. oh. Oh. All right. So get on the 1947 Project, order the Betsy, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks when Crimebo will say. 
Ah! Yes, he will. <laughs> Toodaloo! Bye, Bye. kids. Bye. Bye.